0: Hi and welcome to Make Space for Nature from Nature Scott, the podcast that celebrates Scotland's nature and landscapes. I'm Kirsten Guthrie, and in each episode we'll help you connect with and take care of our amazing natural world. In this episode, Tim Hancock's and I chat to digital creator Chris Lawler, who specialises in creating content about Scotland's outdoors, encouraging more people to head outside. He gives us an insight into what drives his creativity and provides us with his top tips for heading outdoors and making space for nature. So hi Chris, welcome to the Make Space for Nature podcast. We've been working with you on content for our campaign to encourage more people to get outside and take care of, of wildlife. Can you tell us how you got into creating content about enjoying the outdoors, please?
1: First of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, so I started recording hill walking content back in 2022, initially on TikTok. And that evolved over time, I initially it was just little clips of me on the hills and at the top of the hill. But eventually I went into doing voiceovers and researched on what people wanted to see and also the algorithm on TikTok. And it's all about keeping people engaged and watching the video all the way through. So kind of changing the video to work around that. And then I later started posting to Instagram. and, And from there, Instagram actually grew faster. Reaching almost 200,000 followers there and 100,000 on TikTok. Um, but I've always enjoyed the outdoors and the benefits from it. Um, and being able to share that with other people is great.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we've we've obviously worked with you on um, Instagram and TikTok. And we've, you know, you've got such a great following there, as you say, on Instagram in particular. So, how do you come up with your ideas and, you know, the kind of creative ideas that, that you have and the places that you want, you know, you really enjoy going to?
1: it's actually a question i get asked quite a lot and over the years i've done a lot of googling and researching online i do find that when you google something like the best walks to do in scotland all the articles are very similar like the kind of top 30 places to go and the blog posts and things like that so as i went on i started to run out of places to go just by that method and but i I asked my followers when I gained quite a few, you know, is there anywhere you think I should go? And I did get a lot of responses on suggestions, and especially from people who live in areas and they're locals there and they know the spots to visit. So I'm able to actually crowdsource um, my research there and it saves me a lot of time and it, it makes me find places that a lot of people don't know exist. And um, so that's kind of how I go about it. These days I've actually got, I've inputted all these locations in, into a map um, that I use. And there's about 300 locations there currently that I've not visited. Um, so every weekend I'll, I'll look at the map and I'll say, right, okay, so this one's an hour away, so it's not too far. And I can see what else is around that area and maybe tackle a couple in the one day. Um, so that's kind of efficient for me um, to try and cover as much ground as I can without having to travel back um, on weekend. weekends. So that's how I, I go about it.
0: That's a great idea of getting feedback from your followers. I, I certainly do that You know, locally as well. I think it's important to to say that a lot of the walks and a lot of places you can go are literally on your doorstep and it's perhaps places you don't, you don't actually know about, um, even within like Facebook groups and these kind of things, you can ask these questions on where to go. So I think that's a, a really important thing to do.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it, that's, you've, you've got your work cut out for you there with more than 300 places still to go. That's, that's brilliant. Um, you, you mentioned your, your, your following there, and it's, it seems to be a very positive and engaging following you mostly have, which is really nice, especially with the, the way social media can be. Um, do you ever receive any negative comments or feedback? And, and how do you deal with it if if you ever do?
1: So, yeah, there is some negative comments that will crop up. Um, it it kind of comes with the, having a social media account when you grow up to that level. Initially, it used to actually really affect me. Like, if I get one negative comment, it could ruin my day. Um, but over time, once you get hundreds, um out of thousands it's, it does get easier and the comments are usually just things like, um, if I pr- pronounce something wrong if I mispronounce a word in Gaelic, and I, I don't speak Gaelic yeah. <laughs> um, I do get like people who will correct me, sometimes not in a nice way um, so I realised that it's better not to respond to those comments and fuel the fire, but also um, the people who comment these things, they might not be having a great time. and um, They might not particularly be having a, a great day. So for me to retaliate it would just make their day worse and it's um, try to be empathetic about it and not really respond negatively to negative comments um, would be my advice if anybody else would uh, come across that online.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's 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 good advice. And and also another opportunity to to head outdoors and and clear your head a bit rather than immediately firing back a, a response. Yep. So we try to encourage people to head outdoors or to local parks and paths, um, especially places on your doorstep as as often as possible. Um, and a lot of people appreciated these spaces a lot during the uh, lockdown in particular, although that feels like a while ago now, thankfully. Do you think these kinds of habits have, have continued? I think it's one of the few positives that have came from
1: lockdown, the people understanding by going outdoors how beneficial it is to their health, physically and mentally. I think there is also the flip side, and um, where I know people who, through lockdown, have actually went the opposite way, where they've actually got into a space where they they stayed inside so long they didn't actually want to go outside. Um, so I think there's still a lot of kind of work to be done in terms of educating people on the benefits of going outdoors. Um, but I do think it is something that through lockdown it has continued. And I've had comments on some of my social media videos that have said things like, um, I discovered like walking through lockdown and it's something that kinda started for them going into nature, going on hill walks, going on trails, in a forest at the weekends, and how it's benefited their mental health.
0: And and I think um we're we're coming into winter now and or we are in winter and uh you know, many of us really just want to hibernate and, and stay indoors and be all nice and cozy. But um you know, as you say, it really can help our physical and mental health. So, what's your advice for our listeners to to get them out more often, particularly now in the winter? You know, when it might be a bit wet or snowy even outside. I mean, some of your videos are are brilliant, um, with you getting absolutely drowned with the uh, with the rain. But you know, that's that's the Scottish weather as we know. Um, so what what was what's your advice? How do you, how do you get outside when, in these kind of days? So I actually really like the rain, <laughs> um. <laughs> there's something about the rain
1: hitting off my face that makes me feel alive in a way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I always feel like there's, you know, there's countries out there that don't get a lot of rain. And it's all it's really about perspective and being grateful for it. Because, um, you know, without sounding too morbid, one day you won't experience that anymore. And, yeah, I'm just really appreciative of it. As well as that, I feel like in the rain, particularly in the forest walks, there is something peaceful about it. The sound of the rain and it makes the the trails quieter because there's not as much people there because they are hibernating. Um, so that's a couple of reasons why I enjoy that type of weather. Um, in the winter, when it is cold, I like the element of wrapping up and putting on a scarf and feeling, not being cold, but feeling the cold air hit my face as well. So um, it's things like that, but being in the outdoors and seeing the greenery and being in a forest is linked to a lot of benefits for your physical and mental health. Obviously, you've got the exercise element of it, and but you've also got the being in nature And there's been studies that show that it reduces anxiety and stress, which is something that's helped me over the years. Um, So just that alone, you know, helps you recharge and and get you through the kind of darker, wetter days.
0: Yeah, I think it's that that actually thinking of the end, you know, after the walk or after being out in the forest, it's that feeling that you get, isn't it, Um, that you kind of need to think of when you're, before you contemplate actually opening that front door and heading out there.
2: Yeah. I like that uh, that uh, idea as well of, you know, the weather's not great, but even better, that might mean fewer people out there so you can enjoy some almost alone time with nature rather than fighting through crowds in everyday life. Absolutely. So, Chris, we, we often talk about the the twin crises of climate change and biodiversity loss, which can be quite scary and overwhelming and in when we hear about it in the news and uh, uh, reports coming out. Um, but one thing that's that's quite nice is to try and break that down into little things that that we can all do in our day-to-day lives to, to be able to help nature or help wildlife in any way. Um, are there any tips or ideas that you might want to share?
1: I think it all starts with not leaving a trace when you're out and about. I was actually speaking with Keep Scotland Beautiful last week, and one of the statistics was... 80% of marine litter, so litter in the, the oceans, come from land. So although we're thinking about we don't want to leave litter on the ground because it will affect the wildlife around it, it's actually, it can end up in a stream, it can end up in a river and actually affect wildlife in uh, the oceans. So um, I think it's just thinking about the effects that that can cause and being mindful of, mindful of it. And that is, the I feel like, the most important part that we can do, is just not leave a trace. As well as that, you've got looking after local wildlife and leaving food and water out in your garden. As in the winter months, it can be more difficult for wildlife to get food, and especially if there's snow on the ground and things like that. So, um, yeah, just being mindful of the wildlife around you.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And even people out on, on walks, they can easily pick up bits of litter and just pop them in the bin. That certainly certainly helps. And, you know, it goes along with what you're saying about leaving no trace. Whether it's your own trace or somebody else's trace, it was, it's just a case of picking uh, litter up. I certainly do it on the school run. If I see anything, I just pop it in the bin. Um, but, you know, you know, we all... Many of us do head outdoors, and, and one of the things that a lot of people like to do when they're out on a walk or, or just a, a kind of a, a meander, I suppose, is taking videos or photos of what we see. It's, it's you know, such a great way to appreciate what's out there. So what are your top tips for, for taking videos outdoors, particularly on phones, rather than using any you know, kind of fancy cameras as such?
1: These days, phones are very capable of taking videos and photos with the camera. I actually use a lot of the content from my phone for social media and it's all about keeping it steady when you're videoing it or taking a photo, um, not moving too fast. There is various settings within the phone camera that you can change to make the photo a little bit better, even tapping on the, the subject and um, will help bring that into focus. In terms of posting to social media, just a, a couple of little tips on that, if you're producing video content, um, it really is all about the, the human attention span, and that, that's what the algorithms are, are suited to work towards. So when I do a video on my trail or in nature, it's always about the very first clip that you see, and it needs to be something that gets people engaged and they they want to continue watching the video um, without swiping to the next one. So... And um, one of the things that I do is change clips every four seconds, um, just to keep the user engaged. And yeah, that's just a couple of tips for video content.
0: And when you're taking videos, do you? Um, how do you get that effect with the? Um, you know, the camera kind of looks down on you or in front of you. How how do you do that?
1: So that's a 360 camera, and ah. it's attached to a selfie stick. It's called an invisible really? selfie stick. So when you export the video, you don't see the stick. So if I hold it on my shoulder, the camera looks like it's a drone following me. But it's actually I'm actually just holding it on my shoulder, which is great because I do a lot of solo hikes. So I don't have somebody following me about or I wouldn't use a drone in that environment either. So
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's handy, yeah.
0: No, that's really good. I always wondered that. I thought, how does he do that? But it's yeah. And I, I did wonder whether it was a, a, a drone, as you say. But yeah, no, that's interesting. Thanks. That, that really useful. The 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 four seconds uh, on the videos as well. I think I'll be using that myself.
2: <laughs> and. Uh... Because you've obviously created quite a lot of content in the last couple of years, and uh, by the sounds of it, um, plenty more places that you're looking to explore, which is one of the great things about Scotland, I suppose, is that there are so many places that, that we can all go. Um, but from from all the videos or content that you've made, do you do you have a favourite, and uh, why is that?
1: Yeah, my favourite would be when I did a hike to Benann in Calendar, and that was for Sunrise. Um, so I woke up at 4 a.m. and I hiked up ben Ann. so in the dark. So I had my torch, it was pitch black. Um, but I have did ben Ann maybe five times before that in the daylight, so I knew the route. Um, I wouldn't do a, a hill that I, I hadn't been before in the dark, but that was one of my favourite hills of all time. But doing it for sunrise um, was magical. I got the drone shot at the top as the sun came up and it's not my most successful video in terms of views and engagement but it is from a creative point of view and a a visual point of view is my my favorite one.
0: Brilliant that sounds amazing. I was actually going to ask if your Highland Fling was your favorite one.
1: That was scary so that that (laughs) that was a a drop from I think it was 132 feet and that was in the dark Mm -hmm. and which you can go in the daytime as well but um, I, I posted that video after I did it, um, about nine o'clock at night. Um, I drove home, it took me like an hour and a half, and by the time I got home, it was over a million views. Um, so that was a really successful video, <laughs> and yeah, but it was a scary experience over in five seconds. But um, yeah, just doing the kind of bungee drop was something that I kind of thought, you know, this will this will make some good content. <laughs>
0: maybe not your favorite one then but certainly got got the views views,
1: yeah
0: (laughs) oh that's brilliant um yeah it was uh you didn't look very scared when you were doing it to be fair but um yeah you obviously had that well so well done you um but no that's that's great and you know lastly we we want to know how getting outside helps you well obviously not doing a bungee jump like that i don't think that would help you but um what what do you do each day even when it you know when i've said it's raining and and blowing a hoolie we know you like the rain but um How do you make space for nature in your life every day?
1: So believe it or not, I'm actually in the city centre five days a week, which is the furthest away from nature that I could be. And when Saturday comes, that's when I get out to nature every weekend. So it's having that balance. And because I'm not seeing nature five days a week, it's actually for me personally a necessity that I get out nature on the weekend just to recharge and kind of reset my mind and that's how I primarily make space for nature but that's more for myself Um, and then having the, the offset benefit of sharing it with other people and letting other people know these are the places you can go in Scotland and get other people out to nature as well.
2: Thank you so much for coming on, Chris. It was, it was great to, to hear a bit more about your adventures and how you go about it. And yeah, We look forward to, to what else you, you come up with, especially during this, this cold period when a lot of us are a bit nervous about getting outside and we hibernate, but, but good to remember that there's still a lot to be gained from heading out. Even when it's dark and cold, there's, there's winter magic outdoors. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks a lot for having me and thanks for your questions.
0: Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying Make Space for Nature, please follow it on your podcast app and leave a review or rating. We'd also love you to tell more people about the series. For more ways to connect with and help protect Scotland's natural world, go to nature.scot.